Morbo will now introduce tonight's candidates. Puny human number one, puny human number two, and Morbo's good friend, Richard Nixon. Hello, Morbo. How's the family? Belligerent and numerous. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about season two, episode three, Ahead in the Poles. Dangerously close to uh, topic event, topical events. It's true. Um, yeah, and I've, I've kind of thought about whether or not we should address that. Um, we're not a political podcast. So, we are not. Um any sort of uh, relation to current geopolitical events uh, is stuff that we will we will leave out. Hey, I voted for Jack Johnson. Well, I voted for John Jackson. Well, I think we're at an impasse, my friend, because I don't think your three cent titanium tax goes far enough. Um, I we're skipping ahead a little bit here, <laughs> but um, it is a good, good, good goof. Um, so there's no cold open in this one, but I did want to briefly mention at the beginning of every episode. There's a little uh, subtitle on the Futurama thing, mm-hmm, and I, I noted on this one that it says Futurama, and then the subtitle says, from the makers of Futurama. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. It's one of my favorite ones, because, I mean, it's, of course, absolutely true. Sure, it's a tautology. And it's just, it's so good, like, using that as a selling point, like, Back to the Futurama is made by... Back to the Futurama. Like, if you're not already <laughs> listening, you know, it's, it's, it's so good. It's very good. I agree. So after the credits and we, we do the usual stuff, it, it opens with uh, Fry and Bender watching an episode of a Twilight Zone parody called The Scary Door. And I'm telling you, this is one of my favorite things that Futurama ever does. I love The Scary Door. Oh, me too. It's so good. I also love this particular uh, episode of The Scary Door. It does come up in a couple of other episodes. Sure. But this one is, I think, my all-time favorite Scary Door bit. I think I've got a different one, but but we'll talk to that when it comes up. I don't remember exactly where it comes up, but uh, I will be like, this is my favorite Scary Door, not your your silly one with the Braille. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But yeah, so like I said, this is probably my favorite Scary Door bit. It's a parody of that Twilight Zone where the last man on Earth uh, is in the library and he breaks his glasses. Mm-hmm. And in this one, uh, it's the same setup. The last man on Earth is in a library. Uh, he breaks his glasses and he says, well, luckily, my eyesight's not that bad. I can still read the large print books. And then his eyes fall out. <laughs> and he says, oh, well, luckily, I know how to read Braille. And then his hands fall off. And, and then, then he, he, he while he's screaming, he his tongue his, and head fall. Uh huh. His tongue falls out, and then his head falls off. And then he's like, "Oh, look at that weird mirror," which is a callback to the the opening where it's like, "Also, there's a weird mirror there." Um, it's, yeah, it's such a good. I I am just absolutely in love in, with the the scary door parody concept and the fact that it keeps coming up and is just so bizarre every time. It's it it. It's it's not one of those kind of like tev- television shows that at the very beginning is like this is what the the episode's going to be about but like in some kind of like metaphor. No, this is just something bizarre and off the wall that's fantastic. 
Yeah. So while they're watching the uh, the scary door, Leela runs in and says, quick, change the channel. There's a political debate on. And Bender indicates that Fry said exactly the same thing when they saw the debate was on and they changed to the scary door. Uh, so they are doing a debate for uh, the, the upcoming election for president of Earth. Mm-hmm. Which the United States are part of Earth. Which Leela has to point out to Fry for some reason. And, and Fry is like, wow, I really have been gone for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, Which is, is, is a pretty funny goof. As we alluded to earlier, uh, when they're watching the debate, it is uh, two identical looking candidates uh, that one is named Jack Johnson mm-hmm. and the other one is named John Jackson. Not only do they look like clones... But they are clones, mm-hmm. like actual literal clones with identical DNA. That's true. But they uh, differ on the key issues, which seems to be how far their three cent titanium tax goes. <laughs> one of them thinks it doesn't go far enough. The other one says it doesn't. Wait, no. It, one, it, your, uh, the first one says your three cent titanium tax goes too far. And then the other one says your three cent titanium tax doesn't go too far enough. <laughs> I know uh, I talk a lot about things that I quote from Futurama mm-hmm. that nobody gets, but I do that one too. Oh, I'm, where I'm like, that doesn't go too far enough. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, it's so good. Um, so they kind of watch this for a little bit, and then Fry indicates that he he's not registered to vote or vaccinated. Well, w- w- one thing at a time, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's not. He's not registered. Um, I don't remember his reasoning for it. Like he has a specific either. reason. Uh, like votings for losers or something. That sounds about right, actually. And then... The fr- uh, sorry, that sounds about right for Fry's indication of it. I don't think voting's for losers. I think voting is the best duty you have, regardless of where you're located. Agreed. Um, this has been Back to the Future Futurama's Voting Corner. Hey, everybody. Get out and vote months ago. Hey, we've, we've all had a lot of fun here. <laughs> um, w- when an election comes, you should vote in it. You know. Have a voice. Da, so, da, da, da. Leela says that, that they should go get Fry registered, mm-hmm. and the professor is all on board with this because as he reveals that he, he became interested in politics the very moment he became old. I, uh, I, I, can, I can understand his point. I think this means that I'm old because I've... Yeah, yeah. me too. Um, well, it's okay. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, it happens to the best and the worst and all of us. So, you know, so uh, they go and they they register and then they go see the different parties. And I've written them all down because I thought they were very important. Um, If you want to jump in and say anything before we talk about the parties. Well, actually, um, sorry, I was looking through my notes. The reason Fry isn't registered to vote is because one vote never made a difference. Oh, that's true. And then uh, they point out that the first robot president was elected uh, and won by exactly one vote. Yes, John was, Quincy Adding Machine. Mm-hmm, who uh, promised not to go on a uh, killing rampage. But you know those politicians, they can't hand, they can't live up to their promises. Okay, now, now you can go ahead and okay. talk about these political parties. So the two main parties are the Tasty Krats and the Fingerlicans. Sounds weird, but it's it's the, uh like just jokes uh-huh. on like fing- tasty finger licking good mm-hmm, tasty crats and finger lickings, um, and then they they talk about third parties, which Zoidberg is obviously part of because only weirdos and mutants are part of third parties, according to Amy's logic. 
Sure, which Zoidberg is like, oh, I have to, to keep an eye out next time we have a meeting, which I thought was very funny. Um, so here are the third parties I noted down. Uh, the one cell, one vote party for what seemed to be amoebas. Mm-hmm. Um, the Green Party, which is f- solely with uh, a, a green colored aliens. Um, the Brain Slug Party, which w- wants to give unreasonable amounts of money to the Brain Slug planet. And for the working man, they will put brain slugs on them. Uh, dudes for the legalization of hemp party, <laughs> which is its own very special discussion. Uh, the bull space moose party, which is kind of in the background of the the hemp party one. It just has somebody that looks like Bullwinkle, mm-hmm. which is which is just kind of like a gag in the back. Um, the National Ray Gun Association. I don't know if that's necessarily I mean, not, yeah, party, not really but, a political party, but, but I mean parties sure. and associations that want to you know influence your vote. There's the people for the ethical treatment of humans, and the voter apathy party. I always liked the voter apathy party just because uh, Fry says now this is a, uh, or he gets all excited. He's like mm-hmm. now this is a party that I can get behind, and they're like not with that attitude. Like okay, fine, whatever, you're in. And, and then he gets all excited, and then he's like, "You're out." You're out. Um, it's very good. Like apparently, the the core belief of the voter apathy party is just be apathetic at all times. At all times, yeah, no excitement. Despite the fact that the guy in the booth right gets exactly. really excited yeah. when th- Fry's apathetic, I, I am a hundred percent with you. I think it's it's hypocrisy of the highest order. Truly, it is. Um, but I uh, I do think that probably once you're in, they don't care as much. But it's like. You got to be. Uh, you got to prove yourself. You got to prove yourself, and then you can show a little bit of excitement. They uh, apparently. I mean, I assume Fry gets registered to vote because we cut back to Planet Express. Yep. They're watching uh, debates. Well, they're about well, to watch the debate, mm-hmm. and Fry's like, "I think I'm actually starting to get excited about politics." And the moment the debate, yeah, Leela like, turns on the debate. They haven't the even instant. started talking yet. It's just a, a bumper for. Uh, with the logo and music for the Square, Square Root of two, 2 channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just conked out asleep because they do not care. Um, I, I also noted this down as, is, I believe this is the first appearance of Linda and Morbo, or am I wrong on that? I believe you're wrong. Okay. Um, anyway, because I think we've, I think we've talked about. I think we've talked about them before, actually. Um, Li- I know Linda's in an episode uh, when the Omicronians attack. Um, yes, because right I, I remember that specifically because I read that they didn't include Morbo in that episode because they thought there would be too many aliens. Oh, I can. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so maybe the first time we've seen Morbo. Anyway, I really enjoy Morbo. Who doesn't? Morbo's fantastic. He's he's terrific. Um, he he seems to want to just crush humanity under his spiked boot. All humans are vermin in the eyes of Morbo. Thank you for backing it up with a citation for me. That was awesome. Look, I'm yeah. no, I was not being sarcastic. That was awesome. I know, but I'm just pointing out that you know citations are important. Um, I'm a mm-hmm. Wikipedia user with one edit to Wikipedia, which was pedantically correcting that uh, the plural of octopus is octopuses and not octopi, um, because that's the life I lead, Mike. You lead a very interesting life, Ben. Shut up. Okay, so while they're watching the news, uh, they also uh, see some breaking news that a titanium mine has collapsed, Mm -hmm. trapping all the robot workers inside. Uh, The current plan is just to bulldoze over it, Mm -hmm. 
um, because they're robots. And sure, they it said they will die within three hundred years because, and they're just going to pave it, pave over it, and get on with their lives. And this sends titanium prices skyrocketing, which Bender proclaims he's rich because he's forty percent titanium. Uh, very interesting. We should be keeping a track of how what uh, co- components make up Bender. He's forty percent a lot of things. I know we've talked about this before, where like. Um, I don't remember what the first one was now, but it's the ongoing joke where he's always like, I'm 40% whatever metal. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, so I think this is the second time. Uh, if anybody is... Um, it was probably aluminum because it was in the Fry and the Slurm Factory episode. Well, it, if anybody knows, uh, feel free to tweet that at us. P- uh, please tweet us at, at Back to Futurama if you know. Hashtag 40% metal. We can workshop that that hashtag i think hashtag hashtag dolomite baby okay sure (laughs) look hashtag it with whatever you want i'm not the hashtag police so if you are the hashtag police please tweet at us at back to futurama um (laughs) fry points out that there's not really anything that bender can do about it because it's his body that's titanium he can't just sell his body and but uh, that's bender walks to the pawn shop which I, first of all, just love that the pawn shop's name is called Rook Takes Pawn Shop. Yeah, that's very good. I laugh every time, and I think I am <laughs> I think I love that joke more than anybody else on the planet loves this joke, because I point it out to everybody, and they're just like, yeah, okay, okay, that's clever, I guess. I will just make you very sad and say, like, oh, I thought that was a clever joke, too. I did not realize you were, uh, you loved it, so. And I apologize for not good. loving it the same way you do. Like like how you how how you love Bender and I don't love him the same way. And I love Zoidberg and you don't love him in the same way. Agree to disagree. So Bender sells his body uh, and he gets a, a bunch of cash. And so now he's just a head, head with, with a big wad of cash in his uh, robot. Yeah, he, he, he just, doesn't really have teeth. That's it's, true. It's like a mouth, I guess. Yeah. I think he describes it a little later as a... Uh, a wad of cash with a face wrapped around her or uh-huh. something like that um um so so you know uh, a, a dog comes and pees on him <laughs> which is just kind of a little gag that's kind of funny because bender tries to give the dog five dollars not to pee on him and then he's like you just lost five dollars i just love the uh smugness that bender has <laughs> when he delivers that line where he's just like <laughs> You just lost five dollars as he's being peed on by a dog. Like literally, as he's being peed on by a dog. <laughs> um. So so then, uh, he asks for a little help, and somebody, a random passerby, kicks him as hard as he can, and he just happens to fly through the Planet Express window. That's a good point. I've never stopped and considered how <laughs> one person <laughs> kicks him. Like we we're, we're talking like a, a a punter or something, just like walking down the street and it's like oh here's this robot head i'm gonna kick it as hard as i can for no reason and the guy doesn't know where he's trying to kick it like <laughs> he just he kicks it and bender i, f- I hmm. feel like we found a leap in logic in this show i'm very surprised we, we may have just found a huge plot hole in an animated fox cartoon about a guy who gets cryogenically frozen and sent to the year 3000 whatever shall we do to the internet Oh, I guess we are on the internet because we're a podcast. Hey, we're going to talk about it on our podcast. Sweet. Let's do that. <laughs> so Bender flies into the planet. Ex- I, I broke Mike. <laughs> okay. 
I'm sorry. That was very funny to me. Um, <laughs> Bender gets <sighs> back to Planet Express and... Uh, yeah, they, there's a whole like montage scene yeah. where he's just kind of living it up. He he's, has a martini shaking in inside of his head. Not a very good martini because it looks like equal parts uh, alcohol and vermouth. Sure, uh, which is a pretty bad martini. Mm-hmm. Just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. He he's mistaken for a roulette on a the ball on a roulette wheel, mm-hmm. um, which he uses to cheat to make himself more money. And then of all things, they go bowling. I, yeah, I I think this is just like. The writers are like, what would be really funny? Because then Fry uses Bender's head as the bowling ball. Um, they get a strike. He gets a strike. And then Leela throws her bowling ball, which only has one hole. Which is very funny. Because it looks like her eye. Mm-hmm. And then it, it hits Bender. I will say that Bender is definitely taunting her at oh, this yes. moment. Yes. She didn't just throw it down the same one. And it's like, oh, no, Bender. But the bowling thing is is a little out of place because it's like they were just hanging out at a fancy pool with a bar next to it and, and like a casino. casino yeah. And then like, no, oh, let's go bowling. That's true. Yeah. I, I, it's still a funny visual. And I think that's really what, why they like, let's do all this fancy stuff. Oh, but it wouldn't it be really funny if Bender's head got bowled like a bowling ball. It I'm would sure. Be. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Sounds to good. To be fair. Pretty funny. No, it's good. I like the joke, especially the buildup as you hear Leela's bowling ball just coming at him, and he's just—he's still just laughing up until that moment where it hits him. It is actually a very good goof. Yeah, it's very good. I'm just looking for all the plot holes now that I've now that I've seen the light of like just how did he get back to Planet Express? Well, I I, I feel like I've created a supervillain. You have Doctor Plot Hole. You have ruined the yeah. You've ruined this episode. And um, tonight, while I sleep, I'm going to dream of ways to get back at the society that have <laughs> the society that has scorned me and my love of dumb shows. I so, don't. I don't know what what superhero will come to save us from Doctor Plot Hole. Probably not a good one. Probably not, no. But we'll need one. Uh, it, it, just because you're a bad superhero doesn't mean you're not a superhero, though. You got to start somewhere. I, I I'm very well might write, write some fiction about a or, or a comic book about the the origin of Doctor Plothole now. Okay. Well, when you do that, capture my good side. Um, you're gonna be drawing it. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I'm terrible at drawing. I'm just gonna write it. You have to you have to draw it and ink it and everything. We'll talk. <laughs> I'll talk to your people. <laughs> okay, cool. Have your people talk to my people. <laughs> um, Bender also gets a car. Uh, just like a little mini car that he like puts his head in and then it drives around somehow. Yeah. Like it's got, he, he just controls it with his mind or something. Because, um, you know, computers, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah, and he chases Nibbler until he runs into the professor and knocks him over and then kind of just says that he's going to try and find a better place for him Mm -hmm. and uh he gets all smug because fry asks if he can take a ride in bender's car and bender's like oh looks like your neck stepped in something though oh that's just your body and he's he's like super smug about the fact that he just literally doesn't have a body anymore yeah it's a very odd position that he's decided to put himself in uh, and then he drives off being all smug, uh, and he he calls them coffin stuffers, which is like <laughs> this weird one-off where like he doesn't really use that phrase. He's never. I don't think he's ever said it ever. Oh well, he said it twice. Right, because he he calls everybody coffin stuffers and drives off and wrecks the car, and then he's like, in a pretty good three D uh, sequence. Uh huh. Oh yeah, no, the three D they. 
I will say, between seasons, they've really upped their 3D. Oh, yeah. The 3D is great. Mm-hmm. And also, I am so glad that they used the 3D for this because I've never wanted a robot head driving a car <laughs> to run into a potted plant so much in 3D. And it was exactly what I wanted. It's like Mario Kart, but with robot heads. And Nibbler. And Nibbler. I would play, I that, play game. that game too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so the car explodes and then he's like, Hey, could one of you coffin stuffer, uh, <laughs> could one of you coffin stuffers, uh, pick me up? <laughs> it's, um, it's that like instant, like comeuppance of like, uh-huh. oh, well, I just insulted these, these jerks. So then they go to the head museum, mm-hmm. which uh, we saw in the very first episode. Yes, it's true. And Bender is looking for a place that he can just sort of hang out now that he's just a head. Uh, there's a, a bunch of digs at a lot of different celebrities of the time, and um, which I don't, I don't feel that any of yeah, the. It, it also digs on TV stars mm-hmm. comparatively to move, movie stars, B-list movie stars, and porn stars. Yeah, that felt why, a little. Yeah, why, why, why? Mm-hmm. You, well, I mean, nowadays with prestige television like Game of Thrones and stuff like that, it it flipped a little bit, but. Well, and that's a that's an interesting point too because I, I mean, I realize that you can't literally tell the future, but it is always weird kind of watching this, you know, seventeen years separated. Sure. Because it's all these people that were big and popular at, in the day, and then you know, like seventeen years later, like, well, wouldn't Game of Thrones actors and actresses be in? the head museum sure and but you know you can't foresee that so it's always just kind of weird to be like why is this so 2000 centric this head museum (laughs) um but uh yeah they do go to the presidential hall of Mm -hmm. heads which i want to point out that uh jesse the body ventura has a head in the hall of presidents really yeah i caught that this time oh i didn't see that and it's like oh oh Oh, you say somebody that was involved in wrestling was a president. Moving oh. on. Um, so uh, maybe Futurama can see the future slightly better than we anticipated. Bender's hanging out with a bunch of presidents. Then uh, he's he likes the digs here. You know, he's just hanging out. Well, wouldn't you? There's good security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, good security. Good. Uh, I don't know. He says a lot, there's a lot of benefits to being in the, the presidential hall of heads. I would assume so. He he decides that he wants to move in, but he is told that, you know, it's it's presidents only. So, But he can live in the closet of presidential losers. Where Bob Dole and Dan Quayle and uh, a couple of others are in there. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Richard Nixon, of all people, is like, well, you know, like, why did you get rid of... Uh, no. George Washington is asking him why he got rid of his body. Yes, George Washington's asking why he got rid of it. Um, Bender replies that he hocked it. For booze money. Because it's the same reason George Washington hocked his teeth. Exactly. According to Bender's logic. but then According to Bender and George Washington. But then that's when Nixon is like, well, no, like being a head, a, a head without a body is a really lonely life. And he'd give anything to have his body back, which was a good Republican body. Because it was riddled with phlebitis. Yeah, Bender is uh, pretty upset uh, about that. Well, he says, oh, now you tell me? And Nixon says, that's my style. I like to kick them when they're down. Um, Yeah, this is the point where we should probably point out the rest of this episode is basically just making fun of former president 
Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. Speaking of former presidents, <laughs> so I don't know anybody that has any projects about former presidents. That that was a fantastic setup there, Mike. This was Mike's setup corner. Remind me not to get you involved in any setups. No, I was, <laughs> I was. So just don't plan your heist around me, I guess. Oh no, you're not gonna be. I don't know. You might be okay as like the guy back in the control center with like the computer who's watching all the security cameras and like shouting stuff into. You gotta a, get out of there. You gotta get out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'd be an okay that guy, but mm-hmm. none of the other heist guys. Okay, not a face man. Not a face man. Um, not a not the actual like thief. Like you know, I've also been watching Leverage lately. So. <laughs> This this has been this has been Mike's setup corner into setting up something completely something different completely than we meant different. to do. No, I was <laughs> I mentioned that. Uh, so I do this dumb thing on the internet. Um, it's very good. Where I Photoshop uh, food products into the hands of former presidents of the United States of America. Uh, you can find it on formerpresidentsholdingfood.tumblr.com. Um, I mentioned that. Uh, just because there's all those former presidents mm-hmm. in that hall, it made me think of that, and uh, so now I'm uh, I'm officially plugging that here do, on the podcast. Do you have any uh, specific foods that presidents have held, or uh, which president held wit what food? Or um, well, like uh, George W. Bush is holding pizza, and um, uh, his his uh, father, Daddy Bush, is is holding uh, an ice cream cone, mm-hmm. and you know all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, go go check it out. It's it's hard to dis- it's hard to describe. Uh, it's it's a much more visual. <laughs> it's it's certainly not. I can't, we can't give you any previews on the podcast other than you know just saying, you know, which president is holding what food. But it's 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 very funny to to look at. Um, it's the dumbest thing. And I- and Ben is a Ben is a very very good Photoshop guy, so he knows what he's doing to make it look like it actually was there. Not not to toot my co 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 host's horn. His, not his lower horn, his horn. Oh my, okay. Um, but it's very good and you should check it out. Um, moving on away from my, <laughs> my really dumb Photoshop Th- This project. has been Ben's really dumb Photoshop project corner. Wow, I got way off track with that. So that night, back at the Robot Arms apartments, mm-hmm. Bender is in his tiny little bed. Head because bed. he Head bed, sure. And he's having a nightmare, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, he's kind of tossing and turning, and and he's dreaming of all these crazy ones and zeros, and he's he wakes up and Fry rushes in, and, and there um, was there I will say that there was a two. Oh really? Yeah, I've I've caught it every time. Oh, see, I've never. It's I've like never in the lower it. right. Hmm. So yeah, Fry rushes in. Bender says, "Oh, I I was having such a bad dream. Ones and zeros everywhere, and I think I saw a two. There's no such thing as two. Which is possibly the best joke you can make to me, which is because it's just so computer science nerdy that it's just like, exactly, exactly. But there is definitely a two in it, which is very funny to me as well. Neat. I, yeah, I've never seen the two because I've always sort of looked for it, but apparently not looking hard enough. Well, once you know what you're looking for, you can find it pretty easily. I'll have to take a look next time I watch the episode. But yeah, and, and Bender decides that this is happening because he is uh, regretting selling his body. So they go back to Rook Takes Pawn Shop mm-hmm. and try to get the body back. But the guy sold it, so it's no longer in the pawn shop. Sure. He does offer Bender uh, $50 for Fry, which Fry says, 
uh, 50 bucks my clothes cost that much done and then in the next scene he's completely nude which i love because it's just it's a whole scene of him sitting on the couch just talking with other people like nothing is out of the ordinary and totally nude totally totally nude a hundred percent birthday suit action it's it's awesome and it's during this scene that uh they're watching the news again and nixon is now throwing his head into the ring for the election of uh president of earth i see what you did there with throwing his head in the ring it's a line he says though it's not my joke i'm gonna uh uh, yeah you're probably right um (laughs) sorry ben i was gonna give it to you well welcome to ben's euphemism corner um (laughs) oh you got me on that one so yes he's he nixon says that he's throwing his head in the ring for uh president of earth Mm -hmm. and somebody in the press says but uh mr nixon the Constitution clearly states that nobody can run for president more than tw- uh, nobody can be elected president more than twice. Yes, nobody. And that's when he reveals that he is the one who bought Bender's body, and uh, so it's just a jar with Nixon's head on Bender's body, mm-hmm. and uh, he's also playing an electric guitar. He also bought at the pawn shop mm-hmm. uh, to quote unquote meet you dirty hippies halfway. <laughs> It's it's very funny to me. I do I do actually really love all the like random Nixon jokes in this. It's it, good. Yeah, it's very good. So they decide to go get the body back, but also shut down Nixon because it's it's their patriotic duty to do so. They fly out to Washington D.C. where they they are having a presidential debate with John Jackson, Jack Johnson, and Morbo's good friend Richard Nixon. Who, who richard richard nixon asks how's the family <laughs> and morbo says belligerent and numerous <laughs> which is just oh it's such a good line mm-hmm. i love that line I, lo- I, look, I laugh every single time no matter how many times i've seen this show i, I when i have a fam uh, 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 uh some child some children i'm definitely a hundred percent going to say belligerent and numerous nice i approve Thank um you, uh, your wife may not approve, so you might want to clear that one with her. If you're my wife, tweet us at Back to Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Uh, so they are having a debate, and Morbo's first question is that if you saw a child eating some delicious candy, would you take and consume it? Unthinkable. I wouldn't think of it. And then uh, Richard Nixon needs to be reminded he's on Truthoscope. And he starts he starts uh, sweating a lot, and um, he's uh, really nervous about answering it. He says things like, oh, well, it depends on who's watching, and you didn't t- say what kind of candy it was. Yeah, and, and he, he final f- finishes up by saying, well, I certainly wouldn't harm the child. And the, the Truthoscope starts going off like crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, it's also, it's just a good real like throwback to uh richard nixon's presidential campaign because he he lost to kennedy and a lot of people thought that it was in part because he was just very uncharismatic and sweaty and gross at the debates because tv was a new medium the people weren't used to watching the debates on tv and nixon clearly wasn't used to being on tv and so he looked like a very nervous gentleman that's a little bit of real actual history for all of you people listening right now. Fry Bender and Leela sneak out during the debate 
and they attempt to break into the uh, Watergate where Nixon is staying. No, well, before that, they hide the, they hide themselves in a chest in Nixon's room once. Oh, Nixon, I'm jumping way ahead. You were jumping You're ahead. Right. Uh, so Nixon comes back and talks with her, his co- campaign attend or you know uh, coordinator or whatever, and she says that you've got a lot of charisma from the neck down. Nixon with charisma, he'd be unstoppable. He could rule the universe. Um, and then they jump out of the trunk. And that's tr- right, and yep. yell at him to try and get the. the wow, I skipped body over back. a lot. You did. It's, there was even a good checkers joke, checkers dog joke. It's like even even checkers something, and then checkers starts barking. Shut up, will you? Um, and then Fry also says, uh, "Please, Mister Nixon, we're appealing to your sense of decency." And everybody <laughs> in the room laughs, including Nixon, including his campaign manager, including the dog, including the dog. Like everybody is just like, "Sure, decency." <laughs> I, w- I would like to point out that the dog is a head in the jar as well. Well, of course. I mean, you can't expect a dog to make it all the way to the year three thousand. I know. I'm just painting a word picture. I appreciate it, and so do our listeners. I, I, they, I hope I. Well, they appreciate something about what we do, I suppose, for some reason. For some um, reason, then they're they're hanging out in uh, Washington D.C. trying to figure out what to do at a giant monument for uh, the 60th president, whose name I will not be able to pronounce because it's spelled F X J K H R. I think you did a good job. Um, the 60th president, I did a little bit of math, and um, because he's the 60th president, depending, uh, assuming that all presidents between him, uh, between now and him complete every term, that means that by the 60th president, uh, he's slated to be our president uh, anywhere from 2077 to 2137. So be prepared for fixture the 60th president of the United States, who is a giant alien who's sitting on a throne made of skulls and has people in his teeth. Well, you know, the people voted for him. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Don't blame me. I voted for John Jackson. Don't oh, wait, did I vote for Jack Johnson? <laughs> I don't remember which one I said. See, this is the problem with clones. <laughs> um, this is the problem with clones. So now they decide to break into the water yes, gate. That, yes. Which uh, Leela knows that, that Nixon's staying there because, and I quote, you get a discount if you've been there before. Which is incredible. I would like to point out that Leela knows a lot about Nixon because before, back at the, the, the head museum, she mentioned something about he opened up uh, relations with China. He doesn't want to hear about your self-love in your college dorm. Mm-hmm. So he, she knows a lot about Nixon. It's true. That's a good point. Like, why does she know so much about a president from that long ago? Who knows? I barely know about presidents, like, from before I was born. Um, Yeah. I barely know about the ones that were around when I was born. It's true. And um, I'm the guy who photoshops food into their hands. So, like, you think I would know a lot. You know they all had hands so far. It's true. You haven't gotten through them all yet. It's true. Yes. Uh (laughs) so just that's just another plug for presidents holding food what is it former president former presidents holding food dot dot com they managed to break into nixon's hotel room by uh using a grappling hook and scaling up the side of the water gate well leela does most of it leela does basically all of it fry's just like 
grabbing on to her like around the waist and he's uh being pulled up by her mm-hmm. um, bender is in like a duffel bag sure but he has no body you can't really blame him sure i'm just i'm painting a word picture they break in and uh nixon is asleep on the couch and leela starts carefully unscrewing nixon's head off of bender's body sure that is a weird sentence to say it was um, weird to watch <laughs> too so while this is happening fry is on the bed and he looks over and sees something that says magical magic tentacles and then he thinks about it for a little bit and it shows right below it thought activated <laughs> which is which is incredible which then the magic tentacles kind of explode from out under the the bed grab him and start throwing up up against the wall and things and making a whole lot of noise to which uh richard nixon wakes up he understandably gets mad they get into uh, a bit of a um argument mm-hmm. i didn't have i didn't write down anything that they actually say me neither in there um mostly it's just about how nixon's evil he's then, gonna he, i know he's gonna like walk into well you're oh, jump, jumping ahead just I a apologize. little bit um because uh they're trying to get the body back leela points out that nobody uh that people of his of Nixon's time may have been idiot voters, but now they're much more savvy. And Nixon says, "Well, no, their voters are or computers may be twice as fast as they were in 1970, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the average voter is just as du- uh, dumb and drunk as they were back then." And people will vote for him, and then he's going to become this powerful person who's going to sell children's organs to zoos for meat and break into people's houses at night and wreck up the place. He is basically about to call the police until Benders says, hey, do you know something called audio tape? And uh, then it starts rewinding as I go, oh, I don't like the sound of that. And then, yeah, it's uh, it plays that last little section about breaking into people's houses at night and wrecking up the place. Uh, Leela makes him an offer that they'll trade the audio tape for the body. This is a lot of really weird sentences out of context, <laughs> by the way. Um, unscrewing Nixon's head from Bender's body, mm-hmm. trading an audio tape for a body. That's a lot of weird sentences. There's a, I mean, we're we're talking about Futurama. It's only um, going to get weirder from here, friends. Nixon's not happy about it, but he decides to make the deal, figuring that he won't win the presidency if people hear that he's going to break into people's houses at night and wreck up the place. Sure. Um, Also, that zoo meat thing sounds pretty bad. Um, It does, yeah. So he makes the deal, and then Bender gets his body back, even though now it's got a bunch of uh, Nixon bumper stickers on his butt. Like, impeach this. And then um, they are, uh, they're sitting around. They're, they're watching the results come in from Election Day. From Election Day. Morbo says that uh, with the polls about to close, evil underdog Richard Nixon has an estimated zero votes. Mm-hmm. I would like to point out that there is the biggest turnout in decades, 6%. Yeah, Nixon has zero votes. Everything looks good. And then the robot polls open and then immediately close. And then Nixon wins with the robot vote. It's um, because of that charisma. And um, he won by a single vote, which then Fry points out, don't blame me, I forgot to vote. And then Leela says, crud, I knew there was something I forgot to do. Basically, it turns out nobody at Planet Express actually voted that day. And so Nixon wins by a vote, but they're confused. Why would Nixon have won without the robot? Uh, with with, the, or why would vo- robots have voted for Nixon without a robot body? Mm-hmm. And at, then at his acceptance speech, Nixon busts out on this giant killbot body. 
giant, like three, four stories tall. Yeah. Um, it's very, very big and just crushes, like steps on his uh, campaign advisor mm-hmm. and just smushes her like to death. And uh, yeah, then the last scene is him just going into the White House and like Would, like destroying destroying everything. He breaks down the side of the White House just to get in into it. Yeah, and, he, um, he, he's before he does that, he says "knock knock." It's very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's sort of uh, that's it. Sort of where it ends. Yeah, on an uncertain note for an uncertain future. But I know one thing that's certain: grades. The jokes of this episode are good. Like, uh, I like the kind of you know take, uh, taking shots at President Nixon. Like, it's all it's all kind of funny because it's like, oh, look at this thing that happened, you know, in in the seventies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very interesting episode to watch seventeen years later or sixteen, seventeen years later. Mm-hmm. Just kind of see, yeah, the the fact that I caught Jesse the Body Ventura this time is like, huh, that's interesting inclusion. It possibly may have been a different reaction if I had watched it in a different time, in a different mindset, in a different time frame. I don't actually this this watch. I don't think I really liked it all that much. Okay, it's a functional episode of Futurama, sure, and it sets up some some things later on that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing again. Um, but I don't know if I can go more, much more than maybe a B minus. Okay. Um, no, that that sounds um, pretty legit. Um, so I I'll agree. There's a lot of really good jokes uh, in this episode. A lot of really good one-liners. We get some great stuff from Morbo. Uh, the belligerent and lo- numerous line cracks mm-hmm. me up every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were mentioning the Rook takes pawn shop, which I I love despite everybody else's. Um, apathy about it and they should join the voter apathy party about pawn shop names apparently i'm, I'm very excited about that well then you're out so um there's uh, yeah i mean there's a lot of good a lot of really good uh little jokes i do think that the whole second half of the episode despite making fun of arguably uh one of the most uh disliked presidents of uh our time you know, making fun of the whole Watergate scandal, making fun of, you know, the little the little nod to him sweating during uh, the debates, you know, all of that stuff. It's pretty good, but I do feel it leans a pretty heavy on a lot of just, oh, hey, remember, like, how bad Nixon was? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and it does set him up as, like, a great, uh, a great character in the Futurama series as a whole he does show up in a lot of other episodes because he is the president now earth president so that's great but i just i do feel that it leans a little heavy on that uh later on i feel like maybe toward the end i'm starting to lose interest a little bit uh despite the fact that it's still pretty good um so i'm i'm pretty much with you on this i'm gonna give it just a touch higher and give it uh, a solid b and uh yeah i mean it's it's good um it's just uh, the follow through i guess sure yeah that that'll do it uh well that'll do that for grades i do actually have an email that we received email? this week so we did get an email from a listener named carl uh who first of all um and this will be a surprise to to mike usually i forward these to him when we actually get an email um, mm-hmm. i didn't this time you did not so this is brand new 
Uh, but he introduces himself with "Good afternoon, meatbags." Excellent. Oh yeah, I I was very very <laughs> thrilled with that. Um, he says, "I saw your podcast mentioned on the Futurama Facebook page, and as somebody who is a fan of Futurama and podcasts, I thought I'd give it better give it a go." First of all, uh, that's pretty great that we're mentioned anywhere. I, I um, on the Futurama fam- Facebook page. That's crazy. Uh, he says. Uh, I obviously went back to the beginning and have been enjoying it immensely. Uh, I just finished My Three Sons and wanted to say a few things and ask a few questions. So uh, he goes through a lot of points, so I'm going to hit these pretty quick here. Okay. Um, and actually start at the bottom uh, because he did actually make an Excel spreadsheet to point out that in A Fish Full of Dollars, he uh, does the calculation that shows that $0.93 cents in 1999 does actually become $4.3 billion in the year 3000 uh, through compound interest and stuff that I've never really understood about how <laughs> compound interest works. That's amazing. But yeah, he sat down and, and uh, showed that that is absolutely true. So that's really neat. That's Because super I know neat. at the time we posed that question. Um, so I'll go through the rest of his, uh, his other uh, com- questions and comments sure. uh, real quick here. Uh, first, he says, Bender is obviously the best character. Zoidberg is too, but come on. Bender even acknowledges as much uh, in song numerous times. Well, okay, now, now hold on. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm being ganged up upon here. He says he, he, he seems to be more on the Bender side than the Zoidberg side, even though he said they're both the best, which is... No, he said Bender's the best. Zoidberg is good too. Oh, is good too. I thought you said just is too. No. Okay, yeah. See, I'm, uh, I appreciate the email. I appreciate the thoughts. <laughs> But you're wrong. Um, well, so, and here's his, <laughs> his second point uh, is that uh, he says, you're both wrong about Zap. He's the best non-Planet Express character. Oh, uh, which I actually thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not that surprised about. I figured our mutual uh, sort of distaste for Zap would be uh, a bit of a divisive statement. Um, I know Zap has a mm-hmm. lot of really good one-liners. He's a, a recurring character. Um, more than than most non-Planet Express characters, um, so I kind of figured that. Uh, I just my my point when I saw that uh, is mostly just that uh, there's an episode uh, when they they brought it back on Comedy Central, um, Inagata de Lila. Yeah, just a hard episode name to say. Where I he look gets, forward to saying he, that in a couple of years. He. Uh, he he goes from just being kind of a, a random weirdo to really crossing some like creepy lines. Sure. And so like in a in a retrospective sort of um, look at him, uh, it's he's lost he's lost favors uh, with me um, specifically for that episode. So I I do realize I'm being a little little harsh on Zap. Uh, what sure. do you think about that? Well, I mean, first off, I we can't we we've already seen this show hundreds of times. With with a lot of the episodes, we've seen him tens of you know times, so we can't. We're not bringing like a fresh perspective on each episode that we've just seen this for the first time. This is what we saw. Mm-hmm. Like we we've seen these episodes, we kind of know what the what the plot things are going to hit. So we 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 do bring some of that bias into it. So we've seen what Zap does later on and things like that. Um, I I, I can certainly appreciate those with different perspectives on what zap brings because he definitely does you're right he does a, a lot of good one a lot of good one-liners like a lot of plots are kind of because of him and some really good episodes have him in there um personally he's not even my favorite person that works for dupe that's kiff i certainly understand that that and and believe that we all have a, a 
you know, a, a voice in which characters we think are good and there shouldn't be a, a reason to say you're wrong because it's just at that point, it's like... Says the guy who just said you're wrong for not Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was a definitive statement saying Bender was the best. Okay. It's um, not I like Sap. It's Bender is the best, which is incorrect. Zoidberg is the best, period. Fair enough. Uh, moving on, point three. <laughs> uh, he says, my eight-year-old has watched a few episodes with me and enjoys it. Although a few things fly over his head. What is your opinion on the ideal age to start kids on Futurama? Oh, wow. This is a good question. It's a very good question. Um, um, I'm, I think I'm a little biased on this because I grew up watching The Simpsons. There are definitely things in The Simpsons that I, I didn't get when I was eight. I think most of the stuff that's going to fly over an eight-year-old's head uh, you know, is, is fine. There are maybe a couple of episodes here and there uh, that are... A little less suitable. You know, if anything, there's a lot of good science jokes. If you want to get your child interested in, in science, um, you know, there are a lot of good science jokes. And it's I I personally feel that anything that's, uh, you know, a good intro into or a good gateway into uh, learning about that kind of sure. stuff. Is and pretty good. I mean, even in this episode, there was a ones and zeros. There was a binary joke because of the two. And, you know, like without knowing how binary works, you wouldn't get that joke. And then, you know, you bring a, a child into it that doesn't know binary and you can explain the joke and like binary is a system in which computers use to communicate and and then that could spark something that leads a child down uh, uh, to want to work with computers and things like that, which is which is really cool. Um, I, I, I am with you. I, I mean, I think I was... Uh, I, I also started watching The Simpsons when I was younger and watching, you know, everything that's on Comedy Central and, you know, like w- they used to run a lot of old SNLs and they used to run Simpsons and King of the Hill and stuff like that. I, I, I think you're probably right in in saying like, you know, if, if they're already watching it and they're enjoying it, I think that's probably good. Um, there are some episodes that are more, a little more mature, but I don't think it ever strays anything too dark or too sexual or anything like that that you would need to be like well you can't watch this certainly there are some challenging concepts like um like jurassic bark i think is a really tough oh yeah thing to deal with that's a good point but but even then i think that could be a good like case of like you know you know if you've got a pet or if you you know this kind of thing is important to think about even you know as kids and and um treating kids as people that can can understand this because they can they certainly can um and not you know uh, respecting their intelligence and understanding of these situations and and answering questions when it comes up so i i don't think there's a i think eight is a, a great age too okay great uh th- this comes from two guys who don't actually have any kids yet so yep. you know Woo! um uh just two more quick points um or he asks, uh, when you grade an episode, are you grading it as a Futurama episode or across the whole pantheon of television? Um, we, we did mention this briefly in an episode you probably haven't gotten to yet. When I grade it, I definitely do talk about, uh, or I do definitely grade it as just Futurama as a whole. Yeah, so, I try to as well. Um, and I think in general, uh, there aren't really any truly bad episodes of Futurama, which is why about as low as I'm going to go is a D but that's just like, you know, it's still Futurama. I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to laugh. I'm still going to have a good time. Sure. It's just maybe not the episode that I want to be watching right now. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely, you know, an A plus is going to be my favorite episode. A D is going to be my least favorite episode. And that's about it. So, yeah, I, I, I'm in 100 percent agreement. I um, I tried to do my best to keep it within 
you know, the Futurama universe and, and a good solid episode of Futurama is a very good 30 minutes of television. So, um, and very last, uh, he just asks what a cold open is. We do mention that a lot. Oh, that's true. Um, and so, yeah, that is that is just where um, there's like pre opening credits sequence. I suppose we never stop to think that like maybe yeah. not everybody knows what a cold open is. But yeah, um, we're, we're sorry for that kind of oversight. But yeah, it's it's definitely one of those. So if you see like some bit before that opens with the the Futurama with the ship flying through, that's that's what the cold open part is. So, so yeah, we, we spend a little bit longer on that email than I intended, but, hey, but I, it, we, was, it was good points. There were some good questions, some good points, and um, some, some good, good good conversation came out of it, I think. And so, yeah, we really so appreciate the email, Carl. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for the Excel spreadsheet, because uh, we, we love encouraging any sort of nerdiness oh, absolutely. to like, shine through. So Yeah, and, th- and thank you for your questions and your thoughts. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. If you want to send us an email like Carl did, you can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at backtofuturama. And certainly, uh, we, we, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, so if when you do, please rate us and subscribe. It, it helps us uh, get the word out. And um, it, it, people will see the review, say, this guy really likes it. You know, this person really likes this podcast. I really like Futurama. Let me give it a listen. And hey, big shout out to whoever shared our dumb podcast on the Futurama Facebook page because, like, that's <laughs> thank, pretty awesome. Yes, thank you for doing that. Uh, it's it, it's it's incredible that that somebody thought uh, highly of this of what we do to put it on on the official uh, Futurama f- Facebook page. So thank you for that. I think that's going to do it for us this week. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.